the value of who you are has to equal the value of your mission. I know in the world of philanthropy, it's, we, we get pretty burnt out from just giving what we can and, and then it's, it can't last long. Or there's a certain limit that we reach to what we're capable of. And I could have, you know, it's noble to say like, if you just sell off all your belongings and donate the money, it's a great headline for the moment. But I was still thinking to myself, how do we sustain giving over time? And if I was gonna do this by age 30, I couldn't remain just staying the same. I had to build the value of who I am. I had to invest into self-development, leadership with my team, and I had to be beyond just the artist. Welcome back to the Paint Method Podcast. My name is David Garibaldi. And for those of you who have been joining us on this journey, uh, you know all about the Paint Method. It's this, it's this path to discovering where you are and then learning what to create next. Uh, those of you who are new, welcome to you. Uh, today's message is really for everyone, whether you've been along on this journey with us or you're new today. It's all about giving as you go. Uh, and I'm going to explain it just in a little bit, just why it was so special. And, um, and also today's episode is unlike any other episodes. But before we get to it, I also want to share that I just launched my very first set of courses. If you visit paintplus.io, uh, it's a learning platform for on-demand courses and coaching for artists. You know, over the past 20 years, there's a lot that, uh, I have done wrong, but also some things that I learned along the way that I hope to pass along to you. So those of you who are building your art brand, or maybe you want to relaunch it, uh, check out paintplus.io for more info about the on-demand courses and coaching for artists out there. So today's episode is very different. It was not recorded like any other podcast we've done before. It is a live keynote I gave last week uh, at the time that we are posting this. Now, this is, uh, took place in my hometown, Sacramento, and it was for something called SVP Fast Pitches. Now, it's a, an event where 10 different local nonprofits give a pitch on their nonprofit to a panel of experts. And the audience who's in attendance can actually vote by donating to their favorite pitch that they heard about nonprofits. And so I was there to kick things off with this keynote and it's really about my journey from starting as a kid doing graffiti in Sacramento, being a high school dropout, uh, building my career. And somehow, I don't, you know, I explain it in the story, but I was able to raise over $7 million for various nonprofits and charities through this art. And I explained not only how I did it, but also how you can harness your passion to give as you go. Now, just one quick note, there's a part at the end, it's very brief, but the audio is, is sort of sounds a little weird, uh, one of our cameras went out, but it comes back, so just be patient with us in that part, I promise it'll sound amazing after that. But, uh, strap in wherever you are, get ready for this one, it's, it's a very different, powerful podcast about how you give as you go, and for some reason, this high school dropout was still able to raise money for charity. Uh, let's get into it. This is the Paint Method Podcast. Let's go. We are all on our paint journey, but where are we now? And where do we go next? This is how passion, action, intent, new, teach. This is the Paint Method. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I, it is a true honor to be here for these SVP fast pitches. I got to know some of the organizations backstage 
And I was asking some of them, I'm like, do you, do you do this all the time? And they're like, we never do this. So I was like, well, good luck. Uh, no pressure at all. But today, uh, also, you have to understand, I'm trying to adjust being on stage and not being covered in paint and sweat. So I may be moving awkwardly just a little bit. But I do hope that in the next 20 minutes, I can answer just two questions for you, which is one, how did a high school dropout, self-taught performance painter, with no art school or business experience, my parents can attest to that, from Sacramento, California, and being a father of two kids, which is a full-time job on its own, beyond full-time job, raise over $7 million for various nonprofits through art, and the first million raised by age 30. Thank you. And the second question I hope to answer for you today is, how do you harness your passion to give as you go? I'm assuming that we're in this room because in some way, shape, or form, we don't want to just be able to help or give to our community once, twice, but over a sustained amount of time. And so I'm going to share with you some of the, the tools that I use along the way to do that. You guys ready? Yeah. All right. And we're going to break this down into three parts, starting with a passion, building a platform of purpose, and then add some paint. All right. So now, are you ready? All right. So I want to share with you first, this is uh, the earliest photo of me doing graffiti um, as a young child. No, I'm just kidding. That's not me. But this is me. This is me in high school. I was 14 or 15 at the time, and graffiti was my creative outlet. I was willing to do whatever it took to create in that form. But there was one night when I was about 14 or 15. It's hard to, to put the nights together because there were so many nights where we were running from the police. But it was this one particular night running from the police. And it started, we were just, you know, on this train track, painting some letters, probably on a train. And then in the distance, we saw the blue and red lights of Sacramento PD. And then a silhouette of what I thought was a police officer, but it soon felt like Usain Bolt was running after us down these train tracks. And I'm just running like, I wasn't prepared for this. I didn't stretch. Like, <laughs> can I get a minute? And so we're running. It's just me and a few friends. And then now there's this opportunity presented. There's an eight-foot stone wall that presented two different scenarios. One making it on the other side of this wall. The other going home with one of Sacramento's finest. So I thought, I got to make it over this wall, or I just need to run faster than one of my friends. No, no one, no one got arrested that night. I made it over this wall, and I was, realized I am so out of shape and out of breath that there has got to be another option for this. I had to start seeing the world through new creative eyes. And so that led me, that way of thinking led me to meet my high school animation teacher, Sean Sullivan, who is still at Sheldon High School in the Elk Grove area. And I think one of the teachers actually brought me to him because they were like, we don't know what to do with him. He, he's very creative and, and he enjoys that, but there's no discipline at all. So maybe you can get him into shape. And I think that's because he had like Darth Vader vibes. I mean, he was like eight foot 
you know, red hair Darth Vader energy. But Sullivan, you know, he was teaching an animation class, which was really a career class in arts, media, and entertainment, which is one of the biggest job sectors in the state of California. So he never thought once of the term starving artist. And it wasn't if you were going to succeed, it was how and when. So I was learning from him and learning this new way of thinking how to use my art for something bigger and even just to, to survive, to create a career out of it. So I thought, okay, he asked me this question. He's like, look, I know you're doing graffiti, but do you want to keep paying to do this? Whether that was with time, uh, fines, you know, whatever it was, or do you want to get paid? I was like, I mean, that, that answer was easy. I was like, let's get paid. Please show me how. So I took his guidance. We started winning these animation awards in high school. I was so excited about this new found focused path. About halfway through my senior year of high school, my counselor called me into her office. She's like, David, I'm so excited. You have this new direction now in your life and you want to go out there and be a professional artist. But you're not going to graduate on time. So whatever plans you have, fi figure it out, rethink them. Uh, and it, she didn't say it, but it was like she was saying, you are now another statistic, and statistically, you're not going to do much with your life from this point on. So as I went from being on this new trajectory to now 18 years old, between 18 and 20, just trying to figure things out. And I had never really painted on canvas in my life. But I, I did have a background in music. I just didn't know what I could do with that. You know, I played the trumpet. And you, if you heard me play the trumpet, you would thank me for not continuing that. Uh, I also was getting into dance in high school. And even after high school, this period of time between 18 and 20, I was in these hip-hop dance groups. So I was thinking, OK, if I don't do art, I'm going to go be a backup dancer for Justin Timberlake. You don't believe me? <laughs> Cue the music. No, I'm kidding. No, we're not going to put you through that today. I, I was limited in, in the abilities at some point in those, but art was still this passion that had the most potential growth. And so out of actually desperation, in 2003, I had up until that point moved around from place to place. My car was actually all, just about repossessed. I think they came several times. I was just dodging them about to be evicted from the apartment I was living in. And I just was desperate. I had to do something new. So I went, got my first brushes and, and paint. And I went to a local place here in Sacramento called the Fox and Goose. And that on the screen right there is Anin. Anin was my very first collector ever. And that painting he's holding was my very first live painting ever. And so that night, it was like March 2003. I needed to eat. I was literally hungry. I needed to sell that painting. So I asked, I'll take 100. He's like, I'll give you 50. I said, sold. <laughs> so he's smiling. He got a great deal that night. There was another incident. This apartment complex on 26th and in Midtown Sacramento. Not sure if you've driven by it, but I lived in one of the apartments in the back in you know, I was coming up on probably almost two months that I owed the landlord rent. He came to knock on my door to collect, not knowing that 
he was going to be walking away offering me to stay there just a little bit longer in trade for this mural. Now, it wasn't just the value of being able to have a roof over my head at the time. I started learning about the exchange of value and my passion. That whether it was monetary, like the $50, or whether it was just a place to stay in the roof over my head, but I knew then, okay, this is the passion that has the most potential growth. I'm going to continue with this and go on. And so again, I, I still considered, you know, the, these, these three the passions that I had, music, art, dance. I started painting live at local jazz clubs and nightclubs around the area. Eventually, a close friend of mine, he's now a close friend. At the time, he came up to me while I was painting and said, have you heard of this artist, Denny Dent? I said, no, tell me about him. He's on stage, he's throwing paint, he's screaming at the audience, he's like a rock and roll painter. And I was like, that sounds absolutely crazy. And why would anyone do that? Next couple of weeks, I was at his place, he was helping me with my website, and I see one of Denny Dent's paintings across the room, and he explained again how he did it, how he's like a performer on stage, but he's the show, he's creating this art. That moment, seeing that painting changed everything. Part of that, because I was in a place where I needed to be open to new ideas and how to use this passion, harness that passion. So the next day, I was, uh, and actually real quick, this is Denny Dent. If you ever get a, a chance to look up Denny Dent, he was the original rock and roll painter. There's been a couple people after him, and it's because of him I was inspired, and now it's like this growing genre of art. But, you know, when I explain to people what I do as a performance painter, they either think I do this, <laughs> this, or this. I, I know, it's... <laughs> really hard to explain, I don't know, but the best way I could describe performance painting is the act of making the painting process entertaining for a live audience. So I create these large portraits in minutes to music, hopefully entertaining to the audience. And so I was developing now a new discipline in this craft. And at the place I was living at at the time, that landlord was concerned. So I was in his garage throwing paint around I was covered in paint. He sees his walls covered in paint. But I just, I wanted to get his opinion on what he thought. So I turned to him and I said, Dad, um, what, do you, what do you think? He's like, no, D David, that is, that is a, it's not a bad Chewbacca. He's like, well, it's supposed to be Jimi Hendrix. So I will get that to work. And eventually I just stayed disciplined at this craft developing and putting action behind this passion. And I started performing at the glorious places like church parking lots and elementary schools and bowling alley events. Like there was nothing below me. I wanted to harness this new passion that I had to perform paintings on stage. Eventually, over time, between 20 and 25, I was doing about 100 plus shows a year around the world at that point. I'm, there's a lot that happened, but I'm just gonna fast forward uh, in this journey. But eventually, we weren't performing in uh, church parking lots, we were on the Disney lot performing. And we were on tour with Blue Man Group. I know what you're thinking, looking at that, I was not a blue man. I was, I was the opening act, although I could have easily just poured blue paint on me at the time. Started doing some NBA half times. I mean, breaking into areas where 
you know, we're in uncharted waters at this point. Just being a performance painter alone was odd. Then, now convincing large corporations to hire me was another challenge, but we started doing it. And so I realized, okay, I've got this really unique opportunity. I'm on stage, there's a few hundred dollars in materials, and each painting takes five to six minutes. And that time of material is being converted into a few thousand dollars to sometimes tens of thousands of dollars, and sometimes up to $50,000 for a single painting before it was dry. It just, it sounds as crazy as it felt at the time. So I thought, okay, we have two options here. We can make money and party, just continue this path, just entertain people, throw paint on stage, travel around the world, and that's it. But at the time, I was going through sort of, you can call it a spiritual journey. I was started going back to church, and I was just, I was learning a new way of thinking to just live beyond myself. And to be all honest with you, that, that was another transformational time to just think outside of myself and think about what was best for me, but how can I use this platform to serve my community, starting here in Sacramento. So at 25, I set this goal to raise $1 million by the time I turned 30. And that was the original goal. Now, why would anyone do this? Like, it's already, again, hard enough to be an artist. We're already struggling just to sell paintings, to get people to understand who we are and, and market our work. But I had to set this mission that was going to be bigger than me. And also what I didn't know, but it became a filter for the inevitable hard times to come or any challenges that just come with life. I mean, pick a day of the week. We're all going through some sort of challenge. But what is the bigger purpose that's pushing us through this beyond just ourselves or just paying day-to-day -day bills. And so I realized, okay, I've got, to, I've got to set this mission. But also along the way, as I'm sharing about this journey, I also have to start raising the value of who I am to achieve this mission. And so I put it on the screen here that the value of who you are has to equal the value of your mission. I know in the world of philanthropy, it's we, we get pretty burnt out from just giving what we can and, and then it's, it can't last long. Or there's a certain limit that we reach to what we're capable of. And I could have, you know, it's noble to say like, if you just sell off all your belongings and donate the money, it's a great headline for the moment. But I was still thinking to myself, how do we sustain giving over time? And if I was gonna do this by age 30, I couldn't remain just staying the same. I had to build the value of who I am. I had to invest into self-development, leadership with my team, and I had to be beyond just the artist. And also what I did was I started sharing about this mission everywhere I went. So even if I was performing at a, a, a corporation or even an MBA halftime, wherever it was, I always made, made sure that we mentioned, you know, right now we're at 300,000. Right now we're at 750,000 and so on. And, and also I'll give some detail about how we built this model was, you know, at the time we were getting just show guarantees, but I thought we've got to structure this in a way so that the charity always comes out on top. So we were like, let's cut the guarantee fee to just cover costs. And we did an auction split. We always gave 
either 100% of all the paintings for particular nonprofits, or we would do figure out just an auction split so that the charity always came out on top. So it allowed us to sustain giving throughout the year. We would go do our corporate shows and we could add in a certain amount. So from those shows, we would keep track every single sale and we'd add up that amount. And eventually, before I turned 30, I was 29 years old, with this mindset thinking I've got to raise the value of who I am along the way, is I got on this TV show, uh, America's Got Talent, and uh, we made it to the finals. I was excited. You know, we went through every single round. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was so excited. Me to the finals. I'm like, we're going to win that million dollar check. I'm just, I'm ready for it. And they say fourth place, David Garibaldi. And the winners, the dogs. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not bitter about it anymore. Um, no, it was what I learned from that was who I had to become to get to that moment. And I thought about what actually got me there was living for this bigger mission. Every moment, even on that just show alone, the amount of personal breakdowns that there were, personal barriers that I had to deal with. It's like, you know, no, no, we're doing this because this is going to help us with this bigger mission that we have to reach this million dollar goal, which we're very close to at age 30. And eventually we did meet that million dollar goal by age 30, which was amazing. And that took place. Yeah, exciting. And out of all places, it's such a great part of the story, was at the Crocker Art Museum for a charity event. Right, Mary? She's nearby. And so here's what happened. We, we met that moment. It was emotional because I thought about it. Yes, we got to help a lot of people along the way, but what I had to go through and how I had to grow through that just personally was a reminder of why we set that mission. And if it wasn't for that, I don't know how long I would have lasted just throwing, a throwing around paint on stage and just entertaining. So this compound effect started happening. We, we continued the mission. We're like, look, we don't have a set goal, but I'm sh we'll just we'll want to keep helping along the way. But people started finding out about what we did. And we got invited to some really cool places. And I'll just share a few of them because some of them, you know, there's just so many. But I, I want to share these because these are opportunities that would have never happened. I truly believe this because I'm in it by just going on art alone or just being a performance painter alone that I, I, I believe truly that the mission of wanting to give as you go is the reason why we ended up in these places. So one of them, which was earlier this year, was in New York City, a three-night residency at Radio City Music Hall with Josh Groban, who is an angel of a person, by the way. And so each painting was auctioned off to raise money for arts and music education, which is incredible. And the next one of them was you heard it earlier, I was on tour opening for the band Kiss. I mean, these are, these are guys who could have had anyone, any rock band that they wanted. But they were going through a transformational time, ending their career, thinking, what are we going to leave behind? We rocked out for, I what, 50 years? Asking themselves the same thing. What else? Why? Why are we doing this? Someone in their, in their management office mentioned to them, hey, you know there's this guy that throws paint around that raises money for charity. So their manager called 
my team, and they were like, hey, can you, can you just do the first 10 dates? I'm like, absolutely. I don't, I don't know why. Are you sure you're calling me to paint or paint your faces? I don't know what, what it is. But we just did the first 10 shows. We raised uh, a couple hundred thousand on just those shows. So the last painting of each one, I did three paintings, 30 minutes. The last one was signed by the band, just like that one there, auction off for charities. After the 10, they said, can you do the next 40 across North America? It's like, cool, no problem. And then we got done with that. You wanna go to Europe? I'm like, sure, no problem. We come back 120 plus shows later, which we just finally ended this year. Uh, we raised over a million dollars on that tour alone for various charities. And so I really commend them because one, for the opportunity, but also I was learning from watching them at such a huge platform of success. They're still thinking, how do we give as we go along the way? And then this gentleman invited me to his house on Pennsylvania Avenue. And uh, President Obama was in his last couple months and uh, he was hosting an event called South by South Lawn and it was honoring different creators and creatives who use philanthropy as part of their platform and their journey. Again, I picked these because specifically this would not have happened on just art alone. And I'm just saying that because I truly feel convicted that being on this journey, that's why we ended up there. But now looking at these pictures, I think like, wait, they put me like outside on the lawn uh, thinking that I'm, now I know why they didn't want me in the house because of the mess that I was gonna leave behind. So, touche Obama, touche. And so, yes, up until this point at 39, we've raised over $7 million up until this point. So how do you harness your passion to give as you go? So the first is you have to connect your mission to a passion that has the most potential growth. Again, my growing up being into music, it had its limit. I could have pursued it more, but I had to recognize, look, there's a limit in this. I know I'm gonna use this in some capacity, just not all at once. The dancing, again, I won't put you through that, but I enjoyed it. I just knew that that did not have the most potential growth. And even art alone, just doing art, painting on canvas, but the collision of those passions coming together, I recognize now this is unique, this is rare. We recognize on stage that, and it took five years of this to realize this, the few hundred dollars of materials and stage could be converted as a conduit to help these organizations. So recognizing that you've got to connect this mission that you're on with the passion that has the most potential growth. And the next thing is to keep sharing and updating your community about your mission progress. So I shared this earlier about whether we were at a corporation, whether I was an NBA halftime or anywhere we were, I was like, hey, uh, we've got this goal set, which we're trying to meet it by the age 30, this is where we're at right now. And they're like, well, how can we help? And I got a lot of, that's nice, but I also got a lot of, you know, we weren't planning on this, but we have a nonprofit, or do you have a nonprofit that we can donate to or raise money with these paintings? And so by continuing to communicate that clearly more effectively, which is what I'm so excited about today, keep updating your community about your progress. And this last part, asking yourself, what is your paint journey? 
So the paint journey is based on these five principles, passion, action, intent, new, and teach. And the, the paint method is a way to help discover where you're at, what you've done, but also what principles do I need to work on next? What pillars on this journey? So I shared earlier, it started with this passion to paint. I had to put this action behind it, discipline to bring it to life. We're talking about today the intent, the bigger purpose, this thing that's gonna help move us along on this journey that has to come from within. And then these new situations that help you grow, that help you grow the value of who you are that is equal to the, the size of your mission. And not forgetting that the self-development and what the pitches that we're gonna see today are people who are like stepping out of their comfort zone. It's like, you know what, I'm gonna get that attention for my nonprofit, this thing I believe in. And I'm gonna put myself in a new situation that will help me grow and help this community that I support grow as well. And the last part is to teach. A quick little nonprofit plug. I ended up starting a nonprofit with my high school animation teacher called Creator X. And that was sort of like a full circle journey with him because now we're teaching together. It, teaching inner city kids that are interested in arts, media, entertainment, and setting them on this paint method path as well. So I'll leave you with this. The definition of create is to cause something to happen as a result of your actions. We can wish that we're going to make an impact on our communities. We can hope that we're going to raise money or get in front of those, those donors that we really want to help us make an impact. But it's going to require you to create. It's going to require you to take action. And it may be areas like investing into self-development, into investing into time to do a pitch like today. And I know I'm speaking to the choir because the beauty is you're already doing it today. Those of you showing up are, are causing that action by being here in this moment, in this seat, and also in the back of the room of those tables. So this is more so of a, a, an encouragement to stay on that journey, to keep creating this thing that you believe in. And I go back to that kid that was doing graffiti in South Sacramento, doing whatever it would take to see this passion through, no matter, not knowing this journey that we would end up on, but just the willingness to do whatever it took. And that's not just the act of painting, but also the act of growing as well. And so I just wanna leave you with this, um, that I just wanna encourage you all to keep reminding yourself, what is the value I need to grow in, inside of me that meets the level of the mission that I'm on? My name is David Garibaldi. Thank you so, so much for having me today. And, and one more thing before I go, just so they can hear you, so they know that you're ready for you, but those nonprofits that are ready to do those pitches, can you please make some noise for them right now? Just make some noise.